Welcome to the Make Disciples Podcast, a short weekly podcast where we will share topics, ideas, and resources useful to you in your effort to follow Jesus as a disciple. Welcome back to this episode of the Make Disciples Podcast. My name is Dan Rober. It's a pleasure to be with you today. And joining me today in the podcast studio is the worship leader extraordinaire, Russell Matherly. You're too kind, Dan. You're too kind. Thanks for having me back, man. Glad to have you here with us, Russell. So over the past several weeks, we've been discussing the importance of good theology in the life of a Christian and how one can develop good theological understanding and also a few deviant theologies that can seep into our own personal understandings of Christianity. So we need to pay attention to those. But today, Russell, you and I have talked about the concept of deconversion or something that has become known as hashtag exvangelicals. We thought it was an important topic to cover here on this podcast because it has become more prominent even as we look at uh, people in their late teens, 20s, 30s deal with this more on social media. So an important topic to talk about. So let's start with a broad open question. When we talk about deconversion or Exvangelicals, as it's become known. What are we talking about? Yeah, so there's, like you were saying, the exvangelical kind of phenomenon and deconversion, and also another term for it, uh, people call it deconstruction. So that's one that I think I'll start with that one, deconstruction, because it's pretty basic, right? It's exactly what it sounds like. You take a Lego house and you take the little Legos apart, you've deconstructed it. So what we're talking about here is doing that in like a I don't know, philosophical or theological kind of framework where it's taking apart the different beliefs and looking at them all, um, just kind of taking them apart, laying them down, looking at them. What that has led to, at least in recent years, what we've kind of been seeing is people who go through this process of deconstruction. A lot of people where that ends up leaving them is like I said, just a bunch of pieces laying on the floor and there's not really any structure left to it. So that's when the deconversion or the exvangelical thing, when people take apart different beliefs or whatever and just kind of leave them there and say, you know what, actually, these beliefs weren't really helpful for me or maybe I don't think the same way that I used to think anymore as you grow and mature as a person and learn new information, just kind of leave that behind. And we've seen that with a lot of high profile or very or at least very public like you were saying people over the last couple of years there's always the question of is this happening more now or has it always been happening the same and now with social media and things like that there's an immediacy we can just see it more often that's always the question but it does seem to be more in the i don't know social consciousness i guess a little more prevalent than has been before. Yeah, because we're talking about hashtags. And so hashtags are very popular on social media. And that's why we hear more about people that are public Christian figures, Mm -hmm. like uh, most recently, Audrey Assad was one that came up there, or Joshua Harris of, Mm -hmm. I guess, Dating Goodbye fame, or Michael Gunger, or Derek Webb, or other prominent uh, social media people like Rhett and Link, for example. And it does seem like at times it's not only a move away from Christianity, but it's almost at times against the faith they once sure. had. And so that ex-evangelical making a statement against something that they once held. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an important question that you noted. Is this something new? Do you think that this is actually something new? Well, no, I don't necessarily think that I would say that the whole phenomenon of people 
coming into contact with different kind of doubts and different kind of questions and things like that. Like that's just, that's just part of being a human being, right? Eventually, yeah. like when you go from being a kid to being a teenager, there are things, ideas, ways of thinking about the world that just don't work anymore. Cause you realize it was simplistic and it was good when you were a kid, but now you're kind of growing out of it. Well, in the same thing in your Christian life, I mean, everybody goes through periods where what you believed, you know, if you've been in the faith for a while, 10 years ago, it grows, it changes, it develops, um, and mm-hmm. hopefully making the believer more into the image of Christ. But sometimes those things can really kind of start digging away and chipping away at the faith that's underneath. But is this a new phenomenon? I don't necessarily think that it is. I think there's always been people who have struggled with doubt, who have struggled with different questions and have ended up leaving the faith as a result. I think there's, that's always been a trend. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, we can go back 20 years and talk about the emergent church movement mm-hmm. as just another example of an organized structural move away from what we would call American evangelicalism, sure. that kind of idea. And to your point, once again, each generation is wrestling with Christianity, sure. trying to understand what it means uh, for their particular generation, for their particular context. And we could even take it back further. We could say that, for example, the reformers could be argued sure. as deconstructionists and they looked what was going on in the Catholic Church. And mm-hmm. we would argue rightly recognize that there were problems with the Catholic Church and needed to move away from it. Sure. And that's actually a really interesting example with the reformers, because from the beginning, like what Martin Luther was trying to do, hence the name Reformation, was he wasn't trying to tear the whole thing down and just leave you with nothing, like no Christian religion whatsoever. He was trying to reform the Catholic Church. Now, ultimately, that didn't work out, I think, the way that he thought it would. But and even take something like the emergent church of, you know, the 1990s and 2000s or And originally, a lot of that started out of finding different ways to do church and trying to, you know, reform, you know, whether it was the seeker-sensitive movement or the megachurch thing or whatever, and actually really helpfully pointing out some flaws in those systems. But over time, what eventually kind of happened was rather than deconstructing ways of doing church, which can be a very helpful thing, it ended up almost deconstructing Orthodox Christian faith. So now, instead of saying, you know, how we structure our church services, let's deconstruct that. It came to, you know, things like, do we really need the divinity of Christ? Do we really need the incarnation? Nah, let's take those and throw that away. And at that point, at a certain point, you're just not talking about the Christian faith anymore. Yeah. And that's moving back to a podcast we had a couple of weeks ago where we talked about liberal theology Mm -hmm. in some Mm -hmm. aspects. That's exactly what we see with some of this evangelical movement is moving towards a more culturally accessible Christianity mm-hmm. that can move away from the historic truths sure. of Christianity. Sure. Well, and just to be clear on that, like, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that if you have a doubt over some, I don't know, issue within theology or something that therefore, oh, you must be a liberal Christian or you sure. must be deconstructed. I mean, having questions and having doubts is, I would argue it's baked into what it means to be a Christian at all. I mean, if you look at the Psalms, they're filled with doubts and questions of why. Why is this happening? What are you doing? What are you there? Are you listening? Are you paying attention to God? That kind of a thing. So just to be clear, like, you know, I think having the doubts or having times or seasons where you go through a lot of doubts, that's not necessarily the problem. It's what you do with that. Mm. I saw a quote recently that talked about that. It said deconstruction doesn't have to end 
with deconversion. Sure. Sometimes it can be a process of refining our faith, leading us to release the cultural constructs of Christianity mm-hmm. while holding fast to our anchor, Jesus, and the essential truths of God's word. That's good. And that's an important point to yeah, make absolutely. here. Yeah. So if we find people in the midst of doubt or deconstruction or listeners are uh, encountering this themselves, what would you say to them? I think that's a really important question because a lot of what's happening, especially in kind of the internet age that we live in now, is you have people who have these doubts or have these questions. And for a lot of people, the first place that they'll go is comment section on websites or things like that, or they'll put stuff out there on social media and that kind of a thing. And that can be helpful in some cases, but there's really something to be said about sitting across a table from someone or, you know, getting a cup of coffee with someone and just sitting and having a conversation with another human being that knows you. Um, I think the issue of safety is really important about this. Hmm. Um, And this issue, just knowing someone you can trust, someone who can hear what you're saying and where you're coming from and knows your story, that kind of a thing. But I think the most important thing that I would say if someone said, hey, I'm really struggling with doubt or with my, you know, beliefs or deconstructing or whatever is just to let them know first off, like, hey, you're not alone. Like, I've been through things like this. We have scores of Christians throughout the centuries who have been through things like this. Like, you're not encountering something brand new. And that's not a way to diminish, you know, the, frankly, pain of what it is they may be going through, but just to assure them that you have people around you, a community, your church who cares about you and loves you and wants to walk with you through this. I think it gets dangerous when it either turns just to the internet or even worse towards just isolation mm. and just an assumption of, well, I can't tell Dan about what I'm thinking right now because he may end up rejecting me or, you know, whatever it is, or make me an outcast in my community or something like that. And frankly, we as the church have not always had the best track record of creating safe places for people to be honest and yeah. to express what they're thinking and how it's affecting them, what they're feeling. So I think that's something we need to be better about. Yeah. And I think that goes in both directions. People who are struggling need to feel comfortable leaning in to mm-hmm. the church. And the church also needs to feel comfortable accepting questions Absolutely. and saying, now, we should also note that as I was preparing for this whole uh, podcast, you listen to some of these questions. And a lot of the questions have really good answers. Sure. There are answers out there that people can pay attention to. They just need to know where to look. Absolutely. And so we do have a couple of resources if you are interested in this. Just three quick books you might consider. Rachel McLaughlin's Confronting Christianity is a recent uh, description of some of the major questions and tension points that people have uh, with Christianity. A book called After Doubt, How to Question Your Faith Without Losing It would be a good resource as well. And finally, one more book, Before You Lose Your Faith, Deconstructing Doubt in the Church is a collection of essays that could be a useful thing. And once again, there's a lot of information out there and comment sections on internet sites are kind of like the bathroom stall walls of the 21st century, right? Because anyone can write anything on there. So let's just encourage you, don't go to TikTok to get yeah. deep theological answers. I saw that this morning, actually, where they're talking about how that's actually a cottage industry now. The people are making TikTok videos about theological subjects. Chances are it's probably not the best place to go. Sheesh. Uh, yeah. There are people here at Wildwood who would love to talk with you if you're struggling about something. Sure. So that's thanks for joining us, Russell. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dan. 
Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Make Disciples podcast. We would love it if you would subscribe, leave a review, and spread the word. This podcast can be found in Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. My thanks to Catherine Eckhart, the producer of this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Wildwood Church in Tallahassee, Florida.